is the man to say. Oh, shucky ducky. Was a way for me to say, I am thrilled to be here. Why not just say that? Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Solutions for a better America. This is your host, Herman Cain. Thank you for joining us. Because we're going to tell you the truth. Give you the facts. Because we want you to be better informed and inspired to help make this a better America. Breaking news. Breaking news. Every day with Herman Cain and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Hello, Jamie. Hey, Herman. How you doing today, buddy? Great. Let's start with a news second. The Louisiana governor's race. I didn't yeah, know they you know, had it this, going on. This is actually, yeah, we got the runoff uh, this weekend involving Uh-oh. Senator David Vitter, the Republican, right, and uh, John Bell Edwards, the Democrat. There's been an awful lot of stuff going on down in Louisiana in the last few weeks. The Republican who finished third in the race uh, uh, in, actually endorsed, if I remember correctly, the Democrat. Uh, Vitter has turned off some people on his own side. But there have been some polls showing the race getting a little tighter, and as we saw... The polls in Kentucky a few weeks ago weren't exactly right on the governor's race. And so uh, a lot of people here sort of think that maybe Vitter is a long shot and behind in this race, but you never know in a low turnout kind of election. So there's one for you uh, politics junkies to watch this weekend, a Saturday <laughs> runoff in Louisiana. Yes, you can be up late on Saturday night watching a little football and maybe checking in on the election results as well. I'll wait till you tell me about it. On Roger that. I'll send you a text and wake you up early <laughs> just, in the morning. Just, I'm going to depend upon you, Jamie, to keep me posted. Now, now you say, thing you is said here, that it's a runoff. Yeah, they have what they call the jungle primary oh, that's in Louisiana, right. where everybody is on the ballot, and if you don't get a majority plus one, so you don't get over 50%, right. then the top two are in the runoff. Uh, Vitter, you know, he was the clear favorite, really, when this race began, but uh, it has uh, gone the other way, and face it, if if the Republicans lose in Louisiana the governor's race to replace Bobby Jindal, I mean, that would be a, a real setback, obviously, for the, for the GOP. It's a race, it's just a race they should not lose, period, end of sentence but the other day there was a poll out from louisiana that uh you know all the cross tabs you dig deep into it the the favorable unfavorable for bobby jindal the current governor was a negative 70 percent 70 percent disapproval on wow. him and so uh that's not exactly the greatest kind of thing to try to follow uh vitter it's really funny because i think if there's somebody that uh that a majority of uh, the hill might vote off the island and, and be happy to send back to louisiana it would be david vitter uh, but if he loses the race for governor, he'll still be here in the Senate. Oh, he can run for governor while oh, yeah. he's still a senator. Yeah, he's still a senator. So it, it you know, he won't he won't lose anything, quote unquote. Right. If he loses, he'll just stay in this job. Now, so this is the runoff, which means whoever wins becomes the new governor. You got it. Got yes. it. Okay. Now, now you said that he ticked off some people in Louisiana, and that some people in Washington wouldn't miss him if he left. No, no. He's uh, he's been an interesting guy around here because uh, he's uh, he's ruffled a few feathers here and there. But he's you know he's he's not exactly he's not exactly a big player or anything like that. Uh, he's been around in the House uh, since I want to say the late '90s, if I remember correctly. Then he ran for the Senate after a few terms, and now running for governor. And we'll see. You know, we did watch uh, a race uh, in the bluegrass state that looked like it would never be for the Republicans, and yet that's what happened on election day earlier this month. Interesting. All right. 
Just want to keep your eye on this week. Well, I tell you, I'm going to wait until you tell me about it All on right, Monday. All right, sounds good. We'll tell you Monday. I mean, that's, that's some good football games on this weekend, and you know yes. how I like football games. Well, but very good. Uh, President Obama has formally gone to the Supreme Court on the immigration yes. issue. What yeah. part of the immigration issue? That is this. Remember, uh, it was, uh, I guess, when I was in Milwaukee last week, so it was about 10 days ago, that the three-judge panel of the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals refused to lift the injunction against oh, the president's gotcha. executive actions on immigration. So now the administration today has asked the U.S. Supreme Court for a swift decision on the plans to remember what these executive actions would do is allow some four to five million people who are here in the u.s. illegally to have them avoid being deported so they could stay on in the u.s. Uh, so the administration has asked the supreme court to take up this matter and lift the injunction that currently is stopping this plan from being implemented so their argument to the court is look all this is legit it's time to let it go into effect and have it be implemented and then the court now over the next few weeks will determine whether or not they even want to hear this case. If they do decide to take it up, then it will be argued likely uh, next year, probably March or April, and then, of course, you'd have a very big decision on that. I, I think it would jump right to the top as maybe the biggest decision of the Supreme Court's term. I see the timing. So it it wouldn't be heard until next year before exactly. the e before the election. Yeah, before the election, uh -huh. and so therefore it would uh, be front and center. Obviously, the administration uh -huh. first. They argue in their papers that were submitted today. They claim that the states don't have any standing to try to challenge what the president is doing in court, uh, as they say. "Quote: This case warrants immediate review." So we'll see what the U.S. Supreme Court, the court, uh, when they get petitions like this, asking them to take up a case four justices that's all you have to have is the votes of four justices in order to bring it up uh, but of course that doesn't guarantee uh, getting a, a writ of certiorari doesn't guarantee that you're going to win what is harry Reid's and president obama's biggest beef about what the house passed relative to refugees yeah, uh, the, that bill that went through yesterday, and there were more Democrats than uh, I had originally thought there would be. Almost four dozen of them voted for that bill yesterday and gave it a veto-proof majority in the House of Representatives. The opposition uh, from the administration and from Democratic leaders in the Congress is basically, they argue that there are enough checks already in place to make sure that these refugees who want to enter the U.S. from either Syria or Iraq or any country, any other country for that matter, so that there are enough checks in place to see if there are links to terrorism involving any of these people. Now, obviously, we talked about a case back in 2011 where the military over in Iraq found these fingerprints on an IED, an old IED, and then linked them to a guy who had gotten in under a refugee program into the U.S. So we have seen it happen before that somebody with a tattered record had been able to get past everything and into the U.S. Uh, the I think the, the administration also, by uh, just in sort of the aftermath the Paris attacks, I think flat-footed would be the best way to describe it. Their their effort to, to inform Democrats and to get them on board with what's happening right now in the current review program was not received very well. And I think yesterday, in the you know, even though it was only six days since the attacks, there were Democrats who clearly were feeling the heat on this and decided to break ranks with the administration. So what's next? Now that this bill is through the House, it will come before the Senate. Senate Majority Leader uh, Mitch McConnell has already set up sort of the, uh, the procedures to bring this bill up after a Thanksgiving break. I would assume the Democrats will be able to filibuster, but we'll have to wait and see. 
Harris said it's not going to get to the president's Well, because I think he believes that he can hold his Democrats in line better than in the House. You know, there's a couple Democrats that I could see voting for something like this. I also have to say, though, what's really interesting is it's like a tale of two different places. Uh, Republicans, when they came out of their briefing from the administration the other day about this program, they said, oh, no, I didn't like what I heard. They don't have the right procedures in place. This isn't working. We need something more. And the senators who came out of their briefing, the Republicans said, yeah, you know what? It sounds like they've got this in gear. We don't need to make any changes. So I don't know what uh, what's going to happen here, but obviously it's uh, it's one of those uh, tricky political moments, too, Herman, where some people are certainly feeling the heat. Interesting. Well, that fight will go on, too. And yeah, after Thanksgiving. Right, but nobody talks about... What are the current procedures? They well, just the, keep the talking current about procedures are you know that they they vet them with as much information as they can develop and come up with. But obviously, as the FBI director said to lawmakers a few weeks ago, it's not like you're going to call up the Syrian you know the Syrian Justice Department and find out if they've got any traffic tickets or any convictions or anything like that because that infrastructure and that cooperation is not there. And you know I don't think anybody can ever guarantee that you'd be a hundred percent certain. Uh, what I've been told is that the average time that that these people go through this uh, extended process is about 18 to 24 months. What was approved by the Republicans and, and the Democrats in the House yesterday would add extra checks, not only by the Department of Homeland Security, but also by the FBI and the Director of National Intelligence. And that, even though there's no dates written in there, Herman, that just tells me it would take a while and add even more to that time. That's why they call it a pause or a slowdown, because of adding those extra steps in there. Exactly, exactly. Very good. What about uh, what the FBI chief is saying about evidence of no links to the Paris attacks? You know, I think the one thing that uh, that I took away from that is that they still don't see evidence of people from the Islamic State trying to get into the U.S. Uh, you know, obviously that's still a worry. But the biggest concern, it seems like, from the FBI and the Justice Department is not people coming over here, but the Islamic State using their uh, their social media and more to inspire people to carry out attacks here in the United States. And you know, I don't know if you've ever seen any of the Islamic State, uh, their magazine that they put out. I mean, they've got some slick propaganda that they put out to try to draw people in. And the FBI chief the other day was describing how they often find people on Twitter and then start direct messaging them on Twitter to see, you know, if they'd be somebody that would be interested in helping out. And then after they establish that they think they've got sort of a live wire in the U.S., then they take them off to a different form of communication, which the, uh, for the most part, the FBI and the CIA and the NSA are unable to crack and unable to watch. So uh, they've certainly seen a lot of examples of people who've been inspired by the Islamic State. Uh, the big question, obviously, is how do you stop that? How do you keep track of all that and that's where sometimes you know some of these things get lost as we've seen with France and Belgium and others there were different points where they could have stopped some of these people that were involved in this uh, but obviously that didn't happen one other thing about the uh, the big terrorist uh, attack going on today in the African nation of Mali Herman yes. most people probably not that familiar with Mali and the map and everything but the French have been very involved there in the last couple of years in fighting Islamic militants mainly in the north of Mali uh, they have a lot of uh, links to the real al-Qaeda there, and some wonder if this is sort of their effort to sort of get back in the game. But not only in Mali, but next door in Niger, and also then uh, further east in Chad, the French have been fighting the last couple of years against Islamic militants. The U.S. government actually last summer, Herman, authorized a $10 million in aid 
for the French military there in Africa, and we uh, helped with airlift and aerial refueling and other matters to help the French in their fight against the Islamic terrorists. So this is, it doesn't get that much attention, but this has been one of the frontline areas in the war on terror that the French have been conducting on their own. Well, people know about Mali now. Yes, they certainly do, and hopefully it won't get too much worse. And I've been seeing reports on my TV screens that uh, supposedly all of the hostages are out. And if that is indeed the case, that is a good development because they said they had captured about 170 yeah. hostages initially. Could have been pretty bad if that it was It could have been yes. pretty bad, you know, with people running in hollering Ali Akbar. Well, thanks a lot, Jamie. See you, Herman.